Good day, everyone. You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 45, Knit Me Like One of Your French Girls. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have the honor to have Pascal as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. You're a little wet when you came in because of the rain outside, but yes. this is a cozier, nice place. It's warm, so we get to dry up and have a good conversation. And a good thing of keeping dry is actually have clothes, and clothes are sometimes knitted, which is the topic oh of today. Oh my goodness, look <laughs> at that. The good segue, right? Oh, very good. So before we start to talk about knitting itself, I'm sure the listeners would love to know a little bit more about Pascal. Who is Pascal? Who is Pascal? That's a question I ask myself every day. I am a 26-year-old female. I am a nurse, and that's pretty much who I am. And you enjoy knitting. And I enjoy knitting, yes. <laughs> and playing video games, and those are my hobbies. You're a jack of all trades, pretty much. Almost, yeah. Jack of some trades. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you introduced the topic of today, which is knitting. How did you get introduced? Actually, before you get introduced to knitting, what kind of knitting do you do per se? I mean, it, it, it might get technical, but I do continental knitting as opposed to English child knitting. No, I do English child knitting or continental. Both. <laughs> you, do, you do both. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I actually, no, it's English child knitting. Then I can do continental. That's the... But this is highly technical for someone who doesn't know anything about knitting. Uh, essentially, there are two different types of knitting. So one, you throw the yarn. The other, you don't throw the yarn. So I throw the yarn. That's my style of knitting. But I knit pretty much everything. I don't crochet. So crochet and knitting are two different things. And I do not crochet. So you don't know much about crochet? No, it's okay. completely different. And I... A lot of people will start off with crocheting and you'll eventually hit a wall where you can't knit or crochet certain things because it's the technique of it limits what you can do. Like it's crocheting is a lot of delicate, you know, flowers, intricate things. So you can't really make a sweater crocheted. So a lot of crocheters will eventually be start knitting so that they can do more projects but I started with knitting, so I can't, and I don't seem to be able to go to crocheting because I'm used to having two needles, whereas crocheting is one. So wait, on that note, how did you get introduced to knitting? Um, it's actually, I was in university at Ryerson in Toronto, and I was living on my own. I wanted to find, I guess, a hobby, but I, I, I never really realized I was a creative person, but I always seemed to want to do something I was doing drawing, like not drawing, but adult coloring, always found stuff to do that were somewhat creative. But anyways, at university, I took a class about homelessness and the professor would knit in class sometimes. So she would have guest speakers in the class and then she would sit in the back and knit. And I looked at her and like, this looks pretty fun. And that's how I started knitting, just because I saw her do it. Did you uh, did you approach her and ask her about it, or did you just did no? Your well, own she research? she she talked about knitting because I mean it's kind of unusual for a professor to sit there and knit in class. So she talked about it at the beginning of the year, you know, saying she likes to knit to be, I guess, to relax and whatnot. I never really spoke to her about it. I just I thought, oh, that's pretty cool, and then I went and bought stuff and started knitting. So when you went to go buy stuff, was that like right after or like after a few weeks and you did some research or just like, you know what, I'm going to buy everything and then jump yeah. into it? I, well, you know, the fun thing about knitting, you can just buy one pair of needle and a ball of yarn and start. And if you like it, then you continue. If you don't like it, well, you didn't lose that much money. Like it's not a 
necessarily expensive hobby at the beginning. It does become very expensive as you go on, but um, I just bought, I think, like a pair of needles and a bottle of yarn, a bottle of yarn, a ball of yarn. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I just went to buy it and then opened up YouTube and the tutorials and learned how to it. The good old YouTube. Do you actually still have your first needles? Do you use those or do you have a new no, pair? No, no. <laughs> uh, well, the first needles I got were the cheap needles. And as you become more experienced, you get better needles, basically. And I would imagine they would come in different materials, such as metal or plastic. I'm guessing yeah. the first ones you had were plastic. No, the first one I had, I think, were metal. And then I knit. Well, this it's very it's a, it's a question of preference, really, what you like to knit with. Because there's metal, there's uh, like carbon fiber. That those are the very expensive ones. Um, metal, well, stainless steel. There are plastic ones, but plastic doesn't necessarily mean worse than metal. It really depends on. I guess the the quality of the actual needle and the material the yeah cuz I've I've had metal needles that the coating on the needles just like scrapes off as you knit so it doesn't mean that it's metal that it's good I've so, learned that So I have to ask you what are the needles you use right now This is I don't even know the name Chaya Goo something something like that but it's uh they they were they were relatively expensive they're not the most expensive on the market but uh, I bought a whole set, so that way I'm I'm set for life. Okay, so uh, you have an arsenal of weapons ready to go. That's right. I have pretty much all the size of needles that I would possibly need. So now, for you on a personal level, what would you say is the best part about knitting? Is it the time you take to do it? Is it the completed project? Is it uh, the colors that you mix together? Probably the completed project. That's the fun thing about this hobby is that you get something out of it at the end. I make something so it's not just I, all those hours wasted to do nothing. At least I get something out of it. But of course, I enjoy actually doing it. But when you're fin finally done, because usually a piece can take months. So when you finally get it all finished up looking nice, that's uh, that's the best part, I guess. Have you ever had a moment where you messed up and you only realized later on? And oh, just <laughs> have I ever? <laughs> that is a very common problem of mine. I tend to watch TV or do other things while I knit. So sometimes I'm not paying enough attention. And just recently, I just had to restart a whole project because I had a whole sleeve. Pretty much I had finished a sleeve. And I noticed that I had dropped one stitch. And once you drop a stitch, you're pretty much like there's I, I you can fix it, but not without it looking a little wonky. So I just ended up starting over. And you can't recycle this material. Yeah, you can. Oh, well, you that's can. The fun okay, part. Good, yeah, good. so you just unravel everything, and then you still have your yarn. So that's a good thing about knitting is if you mess up, you can use the the yarn again, and you can. I like. I'm gonna start a new project with that yarn because. And it's a lot better to catch it earlier on yeah. than later on. Yeah. Has ever happened where you finished a project, and you saw something, and you said, "Screw it, I'm keeping that. I don't care if it looks ugly." Yeah, well, it, it depends on the mistake. Like if it's something that I know that only I might be able, like I will see or an experienced knitter might see, I I don't mind. But I, I've never finished a project with a major mistake because I'm too much of a perfectionist. So I would unravel it and fix it before finishing it. But little things. I've let slide by because save time. And if it's not going to really show to any anybody else but me, then it's fine. Um, speaking of which, what kind of things do you like to knit? 
Is it mittens, sweatshirts, uh, socks? Anything? Pretty much anything. Uh, I've knit a lot of socks, a few sweaters. Sweaters are, are fun to make because it's a big, I mean, you get a big project at the end, but they take a lot of time. So you get tired of knitting the same thing and then end up not finishing it. I have a few sweaters that are just sitting there because I just get bored of doing the same thing over and over again. Of course. <laughs> Of course. Okay. So out of all those things that you have not completed, how many have you like stacked up in a room ready to go? I don't have that many. I think I have one project or eh, probably one major project that I don't have finished. I don't know if I will ever finish it because the person that I was going to make it for is not really in my life anymore. So I might recycle that yarn and make something else. But it's a the thing with making sweaters is if you use a thicker yarn, then you get a sweater much faster than if you use thin yarn. So I, you have to be strategic, whereas I, I was not strategic and made a sweater with small yarn, and now it's taking forever. And yeah. So you just mentioned two different types of yarns. Are there multiple? More oh, yeah. than just well, two? You, you have different weights of yarn, right? So you have the fingerling, which is just a tiny, tiny little yarn, which will make, I make socks with to bulky where you can make bulky sweaters or bulky blankets you know usually bigger projects will have bulkier yarn and then the smaller project will have thinner yarn and have you ever did a project where you combined multiple types of yarns together uh typically you don't uh mix weights like you would always have the same you know if you're knitting bulky you're gonna knit bulky uh, but you can definitely mix colors. I've mixed colors. Yeah, I've had few color work uh, sweatshirts. So obviously, you use a different co- bunch of different colors. I've knit sweaters that have two different kind of yarns knit like knitting at the same time. So you knit with two pieces of yarn as opposed to one. So one might be kind of a fluffy yarn, and then the other is your actual strong yarn. So then you get a a nice fluffy sweater that still is structured. No, that makes sense. No, no, it absolutely does, especially for people who are experts in knitting and are listening to this. Then, <laughs> yes, all this makes sense. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't sound like an expert, but I'm here to learn as well. Um, I don't know if you can answer this question, but has there been times where you're like, oh, I tend to use this color a lot? Like, you notice you use certain colors a lot. Well, I, I tend to use darker colors, I guess. That would be the only thing. Or neutral colors. It depends what you're knitting. If you're knitting a cardigan, often they're more neutral colors. I Well, that's what I've been doing. But I, I, for all of my, my socks, I often use yarn that is already like striped, like pre-striped. So as you knit, you see the yarn itself is what's making your stripes. So it's, as opposed to like having to break the yarn, put the n- new color in. So I use a lot of those, which is you just need to buy them. So you're kind of stuck with whatever the company offers for colors but i don't really think there's a color in particular no and i have to ask you what's your go-to store to get all your material one of the stores i used to go to here in ottawa was yarn ford and they've closed so that's unfortunate uh so i have to go all the way to the store in i don't even know what part of the ottawa it is and i can't think of the name right now wool time there you go wool time so and that's a pretty nice big store, but they have a they were affected by the tornadoes, you know, the tornadoes last year. So they have a temporary smaller location, which is kind of 
crappy because they don't have as much of the yarn that they usually have in their bigger store. But they will get back to their bigger store soon. But I used to live in Toronto. When I used to, when I lived in Toronto, there was a few more options. So it was a bit better for buying yarn. But there's always online, so it's not really... Well, that was going to be my next question. If they delivered this directly to your door, would you be happy? Yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so you better. The... <laughs> The stores, well, the thing is, with it's not a very popular craft, right? So if you have a few stores in the place that you live, you should support them locally, right? So I try to go to the local stores. And one of the ladies who owns one of the stores in Ottawa once yelled at me. Well, not yelled at me because I, I told her about some urine online. But sometimes you can't find what you need in the store, so you buy it online. So I tried to support the local businesses but sometimes they don't have what I need, so I order it online. And I've ordered off of UK websites, and somehow it's just as cheap because they don't charge you for shipping from the UK, and you don't pay taxes. Yeah, there's a loophole somewhere. But So I do buy stuff online as well. It just takes a little longer when it's from the UK. But And you wouldn't mind me to ask you later on if you were to share these links, whether it's from... The websites from these local stores and the online websites so the listeners can know a little bit more about them. And Yeah, because yeah. I, I think some of the, like, Wool Time has an online store, so I'm sure people can buy yarn even if they don't live in the region. They they ship to around Canada, I'm pretty sure, so. All right, so yeah, I'll put that in the description so people can find it. Uh, when it comes to you creating these masterpieces, do you like to keep it simple or do you like to add, let's say, complex designs? Um... It depends what I'm knitting. I think recently everything has been somewhat complex, you know, whether it's color work that's more complex because you're adding different strands of yarn. So you might be working with three or four strands of yarn as opposed to just your regular one. So that's complex. And I'm currently working on a cardigan that has a lot of cables and cables are a little bit more work. So it tends to not be as simple anymore. But if I make socks, I tend to keep them very basic because I don't feel like a sock needs to be that fancy. So Yeah, because it goes in a shoe. Exactly. (laughs) And when you get the self-striping yarn, you get nice stripes. And so you don't have to do much work. The yarn does it for you. It's people helping, yarn helping. It's just, it's a communication. It's a friendship. It's a family kind of thing. It's just helping each other out. There you go. Yeah. Uh, This might be an odd question to ask, but... Is there a favorite time of year that you like to knit? Let's say fall time to keep warm or winter. Yeah, well, usually I pick it up near Christmas time because I will knit Christmas gifts. So that's usually a time where I knit a lot. And the winter in general, because it makes more sense because you might use those things that you knit in the winter. So I'm making mittens. Obviously, I need them in the winter and not in the summer. Um, But I tend to, to knit year round and I usually, sometimes I take a little breaks and I go like a month or two without knitting because I just get tired of it because <laughs> it takes a lot of hours. So eventually you kind of get tired of doing the same thing for hours and hours and hours. So. And what was the most interesting thing you've actually knitted? I don't know. I, I've made it, the, the few sweaters that I've made are probably the female sweaters that I've made were the most interesting, I guess. I made a sweater for my best friend. That was that the one with the double yarn there. I was saying with mm. the fluffy and the, and that was quite nice. So you sound like you're the type of person that you do get bored sometimes, but when you get back to it, you like to challenge yourself. Yes, like the double, like you're saying the double yarn. And, yeah, and I'm sure when you look at somebody, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when you look at somebody, you're analyzing their body. It's like yes, 
this would fit them like you're just trying to measure a, how you would knit something onto them is that yeah well i like for my my friends if they want me to i have a lot of friends who've requested you know knitted stuff and i do look at you know patterns and see if they would fit in it or not so i do go by the person i guess but on that note do you think you would consider yourself being a person who has a keen eye to see what colors would work well for individual people um maybe not for the actual person but at least for which colors go well together like if you're doing color work i pick colors that go well together <laughs> um but maybe not so much if they will fit the person well but yeah. You're like, here, I made it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Give me the money, but take it or leave it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, so what has knitting taught you in life? Patience. <laughs> well, I think I was already a patient person because you need to be a patient person to knit. Because when you have to unravel, a, you know, three quarters of your work because you've noticed a mistake, you know, you, you have to be a patient person to not freak out that you need to restart in those hours and hours and hours of work. Maybe it has taught me that I should be more organized because <laughs> sometimes I, you know, you have to knit a certain amount of rows, let's say 16 rows. And at the beginning, I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll count my rows. And then I get distracted and stop counting. And then I don't know where I'm at in my rows anymore. And I have to start counting. And it's like, it'd be so much easier for me to just, you know, write it down, keep it somewhere, you know, little check mark when you finish a row. But no, I... I just go and wing it and always say, why didn't I not just write it down? You know what you need? You need like a Google assistant just like for knitting apps saying, hey, Google, keep count of my knits or uh, my I think there's like a, I don't know if it exists. I think that does exist. There's like a little gadget, something that either counts your rows automatically or you just press a button when you're finishing a row. So it keeps track of your rows a lot better. I think that actually does exist somewhere. Maybe I should look into that, but... I feel like it was invented by somebody who kept on losing count. Yes, <laughs> probably. Uh, do you have a preferred time of day that you prefer to knit? Like, let's say in the morning you like to do it really no, quick? No, I usually knit at night because I'll, I'll put a TV show in the background and knit. So I usually sh that's usually my evening things. I just watch TV and knit. But... If I have a day off, well, I, because I have often days off in the middle of the week, I'll knit in the afternoon and that's fine too. But my prime time is the evening. When it's dark outside and cold, you want to just yeah. snuggle up with all your yarn. Well, that's also <laughs> when you feel more like normal watching TV, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, it kind of feels like you're a loser if you're watching TV. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but. Oh, it's me too. <laughs> yeah. You feel like you should be doing something with your life and not sitting on the couch watching TV, but. In the evening, that's fine. That's what the evenings are for, right? Watching yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Prime why we're, time. we're sitting here on the chairs doing the podcast. We're being productive on the chair, not yeah. on the couch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so if you had a long day at work, like you, it was just super stressful. Do you ever just come home, drop everything and start knitting? It, it's not something that's like, oh, it relaxes me so much that I'll, I'll go right to it. It's also hard because usually when I come home from work, I have to eat because I don't eat at work. So that's what I do when I get home. Um, but sometimes, sometimes I just don't have the energy to knit. It requires too much thinking. And I mean, it's not very tiring to knit, but you have to concentrate on what you're doing. So after a long day of work, sometimes I just, I can't put my head to it. You were saying that it does take a lot of concentration to knit. Do you have any muscle memory from it? Oh yeah. 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 I can watch TV and not look at my hands and knit perfectly fine. 
I can count rows in my head while singing out loud. And it will, and I'll, well, count rows, count stitches. I can do that. That was, I, I impressed myself when I did that. How long did it take you to master that skill? I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> I needed to count my stitches, but I was also singing. So I was like, okay, well, just count in your head and keep singing. And it worked. Wow. Yeah. Okay, you have to teach me this technique, not just for knitting, but like for everything else. I mean, I don't know how. <laughs> it just happened. Uh, so on the flip side, has knitting ever stressed you out? Yes. It, it probably stressed me out more than anything. Is it, well, especially when you're you're finishing a project and then you see that you've messed up. It's very frustrating. Um, or if you need to finish a project by a certain date because it's Christmas and you don't have your Christmas present ready, well, then you're you're knitting like a crazy person. But so sometimes it is it's more stressful than anything, but it's like it's a good kind of stress. It's not a I don't know how to explain it. It's like pressure like during a sports event. Yeah. Uh, the clock is running out, you have to score the last goal kind of thing. I'm sure a lot of people people would have a lot of trouble when they need to unravel half their work and restart. They would probably just give up. But for some reason, it doesn't really bother me all that much. Like, because it's such a, I'm going to be knitting anyways. So, okay, yeah, I have to restart these like four hours worth of work, but I would be knitting anyways. So I just do it. And it doesn't, it should frustrate me. It should frustrate me more than it does, I would say. Is there one project that comes to mind when I say it's stressful, like that one thing you just could not get? Yeah. Well, I, I was knitting a, a, a cardigan not long ago. And sometimes it's just the construction because I don't write my own patterns. I'm not that advanced. So you have to find a pattern and then you knit according to the pattern. But this particular pattern was just very strange, the way that the sweater was constructed. and I because of it, it just made me. I was so annoyed by it because I the, I was reading the pattern and it just didn't make much sense. So I ended up just scrapping it because I couldn't. The way the pattern was built was just not not for me. So yeah, not everything goes together. So yeah, no, exactly. I, I understand. Yeah, maybe they made a mistake. No, it's <laughs> just the way that it was constructed. It was a weird construction for a sweater. It was unusual. It wasn't like any pattern that I've followed before. It had a third arm, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a trunk. <laughs> what was your biggest challenge when you first started knitting? Because I started knitting just looking at tutorials and reading online, there was no one there to teach me things or so knitting sure like you you see it online, you see how they do it, you can replicate it. It's not that hard. But once you start trying to make your own projects, if you see mistakes, like you, you might find that there's mistakes in your work. You don't know why they're there because you just started, right? So I'm sure if I had had someone with me, they would have been like, oh yeah, this is why you've made this mistake because I made it when I started knitting too, right? But I was alone. So I would have these mistakes and I didn't know why and I couldn't figure it out and I'd get these extra st stitches. I didn't know why. So that was challenging at first was understanding what the mistakes were and how I was making those mistakes. But now I can fix pretty much any mistakes, right? So. Okay. So you can fix any mistakes, but do you have any challenges currently? Current cardigan that I'm making is not necessarily challenging. It's just long. I think the biggest challenge becomes that <laughs> the things that you knit just take a long time. So, but nothing, once you have a good foundation in knitting, it's hard to be really challenged because they're, they're only kind of two 
uh, types of stitches that you do. You do knit or purl. You might purl two together or knit two together, but it, there's not that many challenging types of stitches. So once you've mastered those two, you can pretty much do anything. But Okay, and are there any misconceptions about people who knit? We're not grandmas. You're not? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people think that it's only for, for the older crowd, but... I mean, I don't know many young people who knit, but I knit and I'm young. Well, you know what? Actually, when I looked up, so my podcast is about hobbies. And when I look up on iTunes or other platforms of other hobby podcasts, almost 80% of them all about knitting. Oh, yeah? I kid you not. It's all knitting. Like the top three are knitting. Oh, I should, I should <laughs> listen to them. I don't. I wonder if they're uh, like tutorials for knitting, or if it's people. So I think it's like tutorials and interviews with people as well. Like some people have over a hundred episodes just about knitting, well, different techniques, what's new in the world of knitting. Yeah, I so, feel it'd be hard to have a podcast where you're trying to teach people things because it's very visual. So I would have a hard time learning something from just instruction, like verbal instructions. But cool. Yeah, well, actually, just beside you, there's vinyls behind that blanket, but I have a vinyl that teaches you how to ski. Oh, so very interesting. This is from like the 50s. So uh, I guess if you can learn how to knit on a podcast, I'm sure you can learn how to ski on a vinyl. Yeah, I mean, I would go on the bunny hill first yeah. after listening to the well, you how bring to the, ski. You bring the vinyl with you on the hill. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Very just, convenient. Yes. It just makes sure not to make any sudden movement so it skips or else you'll <laughs> skip a lesson and end up on the black diamond. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so would you consider consider yourself a professional at this or still new? No, I, I'm, I'm not a beginner. I'm not a professional. Maybe like an advanced intermediate. I don't know if that, that would work. Advanced intermediate or maybe just intermediate somewhere around there. It's a professional. If I had more time, you know, I and I could knit all the time, then I could probably. I think to be really a professional knitter, you have to be able to start making your own patterns. That's when it's, that's when you've made it. But. Is that something you want to do? Um, I couldn't, I don't, I don't think I can design my own sweaters because it's complicated for the construction of a sweater. Although, you know, as you knit more and more sweaters, you start understanding the pattern, but I could probably design basic things you know like uh, a scarf that would be or socks you know adding little designs to socks i've done things where i've added my own kind of i've made my own pattern for socks but socks are the only things that i've like i've changed up because the sock is a very basic like recipe so you can you know add some spice in there without uh it's almost like a one size fit all. Yeah, because you, I mean, it's like a tube, and then you have to turn for the heel, and then close the toes. So if you know how to turn the heel and close the toe, you can do whatever you want with the rest of the when you're in the tube. You know. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely know this, <laughs> but I'm sure people listening will know. <laughs> but if you don't, you're learning something new today. Yeah. Is knitting something you want to share with the world, or you want to keep it more to yourself and just have your me time? Well, I. I the problem with knitting is that I don't need as much, I don't need that much stuff, you know, hand-knitted stuff. So eventually you start knitting for other people because it gives you projects to do. Because eventually I just got bored of knitting socks for myself. And it's more fun when you're knitting for somebody else. So I, I guess I knit now for, for myself and to give things to others. 
Okay, so you like sharing. You're caring. You're a very open person. And that's why also you're a nurse. You would yeah imagine being a nurse and you don't want to help anybody. That'd be kind of ironic. Yeah, it wouldn't work. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. You wouldn't like your job. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, did you ever teach knitting to anybody? Yeah. 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 Uh, my friend Jordan. Shout out to Jordan. Yeah, shout out to Jordan. I taught her how to knit. She knit a few projects, but then gave up on the craft. She might pick it up again one day. I don't know. I tried to teach my friend Ashley as well. Ashley had a definite lack of patience, so it didn't go over well. It didn't. No, that didn't work. So that's the thing. It, it can't be for everyone. But and I oh yeah, I also taught my friend Veronica at work. So a few people. But I mean, you have to. They have to want to learn how to knit, and they have to be able to do their own researching and their own learning at home too, because I can't be beside them all the time. What you can't? No, I mean Jordan. I was with her a lot, but. Yeah. But you got three people underneath your belt, which is amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure whoever's listening to this might get inspired and might go to the nearest person they know who knits and learn from them. Yeah. I know there's there's clubs that, that at the like local libraries that I think there's Wednesdays Wednesday night is the knitting night at the library. I've never begun, but maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um do you see yourself doing this for many years to come, turning into one of those Probably. Old, old ladies doing knitting. Yeah. It's especially, you know, if I start having kids, I'll knit them little things. You know, I can knit them little hats, little blankets. Little shirts. You would actually save money because it's smaller. Yeah. Yeah. I would <laughs> save money on yarn because it's knitting for babies is cheaper than knitting for adults. That's true. They just have to stop growing. and then Yeah. There you go. Stay small. <laughs> uh, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in knitting? Be patient. <laughs> Because at the beginning, there's a lot of, you're going to make a lot of boo-boos and not know why they're there. And you just got to figure it out and keep going because it's, the beginning is rough. <laughs> Especially, I mean, it depends if, if you're le going to a class, it's probably not as bad. But if you're learning on your own, the beginning is rough because you, you don't really know what you're doing. And then you don't know what mistakes you're doing and you just got to have patience, power through it. And then you still need patience later on when you're good because when you make another boo-boo, even if you could fix it, you know, it's often annoying that you have to undo some of your work and yeah. And now speaking about boo-boos, did you ever hurt yourself knitting? Well, I had needles that were quite pointy to the point where my index finger on my left hand started having like a... Blister or yeah, well, it wasn't even a blister because it was pointy, so it, it really hurt. Like um, the skin was kind of coming apart, but it, there was like a pressure point on my finger. So yeah, I, I mean that—that's pretty much the only. And when you had that pressure point, was it like you know when you bite your tongue or your your inside of your lip? Then you once you bit <laughs> it, you keep on biting it. Did you keep? Yeah, on? well, because <laughs> it's it's the reason why it became a pressure spot is because the needle would always hit there. And of course, I didn't want to stop knitting, so I kept knitting and, you know, I would try to like move my finger around so it wouldn't con constantly touch the needle, but I couldn't because you're, you'd be kind of the, what's that memory called? What did you call it? Short-term memory? No, like the physical memory. Phys uh, yeah, physical memory. Is that no. what it is? No, there's another word. Muscle memory. Muscle memory, yeah. <laughs> because of the muscle memory, I can't move my finger. When I move my finger so I don't jab it with my pointy needle every time, it, like my it would mess up with my muscle memory so now do they have do you have any kind of like gloves or special equipment used for no no does that exist 
Um, I don't think so. There's different, there's things, there are like weird tools for knitters. Like there's a ring where you can put your different colored yarns through so you, so they don't, you know, get all tangled together when you're doing color work. So but, it kind of looks like a Thanos like gauntlet from Marvel's uh, yeah. Avengers. Okay, cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't have it, but but it's also, it works better for people who are continental knitters. So not me. I'm the English style knitter, continental knitters, which this is getting too technical. <laughs> but anyways, it doesn't really work for me, so I wouldn't buy it basically. So if for people who want to buy a gift for Pascal, don't buy that. No, exactly. <laughs> buy everything else but that. Yes. Uh, do you have any social media links you'd like to share? It could either be your personal, let's say Instagram and or websites that you re- you would recommend. Uh, my Well, my Instagram has a lot of pictures of my knitted stuff, which is Pasquale, P-A-S-C-A-L-W-E-E. There might be a period at the end. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll get that information and then we'll add it in the link. If it's a, I don't know what my picture is. Someone's smiling and then my description is a hospital. That's me. For websites, well, there's Wool Time is the Ottawa store that I go to. Also, uh, Woolen Things in Orleans. That's also a good spot. Uh, online, the UK store that I was talking about is Wool Warehouse, which they have pretty good I mean, because you're not paying for shipping or taxes, even if you're paying in British pounds, it ends up being pretty much the same price that it would be if you bought it in Canada, even cheaper. So, but, you know, local, support your local stores. Yeah. 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 Go out there, find your nearest knit shop and just go in and say, hey, I'm here to support you. Yeah. Well, because it's not a big, uh, there's only what, two stores in all of Ottawa that sell wool. So you kind of have to keep them alive considering one just closed down so yeah are they near each other or well no wool wool times is in i don't even know what that part is like close to barhaven maybe okay um colonnade that's the road i don't know in that in that general direction yeah it's closer to the airport okay just before you get on a trip it's a great thing to pick up so on the stop at the yeah that's the thing i've knit on the plane and i was always afraid that i would get like you can't bring those on the plane because they're sharps, you know? It's, they let you pass? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I never, like, they, they're it's in my purse and, you know, I just secretly <laughs> go in and they didn't say anything. So, I was like, okay. Yeah, so wool times and then wool and things, wool and things is in uh, Orleans. So, they're opposite ends of the city. Okay, so people who live in Ottawa. Uh, there's there's a- also Wabi Sabi. Ah, so there are three places. Yeah. So, <laughs> there used to be four, now there's three. But Wabi Sabi... I mean, I'm not going to bash a local store, but they are they have less selection. So it's more, but they have classes. So they, they offer different things, you know, but they have not as big of a selection as uh, wool time. Okay. So if you want to learn more about knitting, you can go to that class, listen to this podcast. You can hear Pascal's wisdom for a good 40 minutes, which is always fantastic. Wow. And uh, yeah, actually, before we close this off, do you have any questions for me about knitting? It could be absolutely anything at all. What do you mean? Anything. You could say, have you ever worn a shirt that's knitted? Or do you have underwears that are knitted? Or I hope do you- not. That's too warm. <laughs> do you have any uh, hand-knitted projects that you wear from your grandma, maybe? I don't think my grandmother used to knit. and My other grandma definitely doesn't knit. Uh, I think maybe I had gloves. That's, that's about it. I don't think I had... 
You know, I could I, I can give you um, the sweater I made for my boyfriend because he doesn't wear it. If you want one, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jason, come on, man. You're not wearing that sweater. Yeah, he's not. So you go tell him, hey, I want that sweater. Oh, he's gonna listen to this and he's gonna know I want that sweater. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Pascal, for coming on the show. I've learned a lot more about knitting. I probably still could not do it. I would probably hurt myself. Just, maybe. just maybe. But yes, if you want to learn more about Pascal, you can go check her out on Instagram. I'll put the link in the description below. There's also those websites she referred to, one in the UK, a few in Ottawa. So for those people who are not in Ottawa, but still wants resources, you can go check out that website. And if you think this podcast is infor informative and helpful, by all means, share it with people that might find it useful, might be going through a hard time. And maybe knitting is the solution, you know, just take your time. To just <laughs> knit happiness, knit calmness. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so once again, thank you so much, Pascal. You're welcome. Thank you, Alex, for having me. Yeah, we talked about it for a long time and it's finally <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad it did happen. So yeah, if you'd like to be on the show, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. If you could also just ask me questions through that email, it doesn't have to be related to hobbies. It can be related to how's the weather in Ottawa? Anything at all. I'm always happy to talk. So until the next episode, Make some time for your hobby. Take care. Bye.